The Nonprofit Happy Hour. A weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do-gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org or in person at Citizen, our nonprofit coffee shop and program space, located at 3636A North Mississippi Ave. We're open most days, 9 to 1. And be sure to check out our website for upcoming movie screenings and dinners with local media makers. I'm Rachel Miller Howard. On today's show, we're joined by Robbie Cree and Gaia Oyarsson of Surge and Restore. It is the nonprofit happy hour on X-Ray FM, and I'm joined in the studio by repeat customer here, Robbie Cree from Surge and Restore, who has brought with him one of his board members and singer in a band, which we will talk about in a little bit, uh, Gia Oyarsson. Surgeon Restore, uh, Robbie, why don't you set it up for us? Uh, th- thanks, Phil. Surgeon Restore is a f- uh, registered 501c3 nonprofit. We work in Sierra Leone and also in Ghana, but our primary focus is, is in Sierra Leone. We're funding the training of their first two anesthesiologists in the history of the country. There are no anesthesiologists in Sierra Leone. There is some anesthesia provided by nurse anesthetists through very rudimentary means, and we are trying to bring... Uh, the you know fairly modern care to their their first reconstructive plastic surgery uh, department, which we are also funding alongside a charity from the United Kingdom, who is training the country's first two plastic surgeons, and we also do funding for we're training some physical therapists and some nurses, uh, but the uh, they will all uh, work in Sierra Leone's reconstructive and plastic surgery center. So I, I just want to uh, get the globe out and and make sure that we're we're situated correctly. So this is Portland based, correct? But working in Sierra Leone, working in Sierra Leone, which yes. is a Western African country. It, it's about right in the middle of the big West Coast in Africa, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and, very equatorial. And Sierra Leone, how? Wh- why did you first get involved with Sierra Leone? It's interesting. I've always been fascinated by different cultures. And so when I finished my training as an anesthesiologist, I found out that there's a lot of surgical teams traveling to, at that time, it was mostly South America and Central America and doing cleft lip and palate repairs. So I jumped on a, a bunch of these teams. And one year in Bolivia, I was working on a hand reconstructive surgery trip, and I met an English surgeon who had a foundation that was working in Ghana, and she invited me to go to their their next mission in Ghana, where I met the uh, team from the, the United Kingdom who had been talked, who had been presented uh, with the opportunity to uh, reproduce in Sierra Leone what they had done in Ghana. And it was very fascinating. It, when I went there the first time, I was officially the second poorest country in the world, and it kind of uh, pulled on my heartstrings. Yeah, and let, let's get some of the particulars of Sierra Leone as well. So uh, how many people live in Sierra Leone? About or, 7 million. Uh, and obviously it was in the news three, four years ago. Uh, Ebola uh, really 
ravished and shut down the country for for a number of years. For a couple of years, and prior to that, it was a blood diamond civil war. And then just last fall, really not uh, in the media much, but 1,200 people died uh, from flooding in landslides in Sierra Leone last October. And then I also want to talk about uh, Surgeon Restore and, and how that differs from from perhaps how, you know what's what's more globally known. I mean, Doctors Without Borders. Uh, you guys are being more. T- talk to me about the differences between those two organizations and and how and why C- correct. you function. Now, Doctors Without Borders has a very very um, a good name. They have a great reputation. Doctors Without Borders, however, is mostly a disaster relief organization. Uh, Medicine Sans Frontières, you know, they have a, a, a branch in, in, in France. Now, there's, other, there's, a, some, there's some other big surgical teams that are fairly well known. For example, Operation Smile, Smile Train, Operation Rainbow. Those all do cleft lip and palate repairs. How we differ from those organizations is that they will go into a country for a couple weeks. They'll do a bunch of surgeries. We are trying to train Sierra Leone's physicians to be self-sufficient. And it's uh, comparable to the adage where you can teach a man to fish or you can give him a fish. So we're going to teach the man to fish there. We are going to uh, work there probably for 10 to 15 years to make the country self-sustainable, have their own plastic surgery center where they're going to train their own surgeons, and hopefully we can move on to another country. This is a whole ecosystem that you have to create. Exactly. When we kind of first started there, the, the, the organization for the United Kingdom was saying, you know, we have to find a couple surgeons. And, and I said, great, you have to have the surgeons, but you have to have the facilities to train them. You have to have the nurses to know how to take care of these patients, um, which is what we do now. We send teams there so the hospital uh, is, is familiar with how to both preoperatively and postoperatively care for a surgical patient, plus they have to have an anesthesiologist to put these patients to sleep. Paint the picture for me. So there, there is a hospital. There's a hospital in McKinney, which is the third largest, uh, I guess you could call the city, but it's more like a big, huge village uh, in the country. And our hospital there has about 80 beds. And um, we have two operating rooms. Uh, our organization brought the first anesthesia machine to the country of Sierra Leone. And we used it for two days, and then they had a uh, power surge, and it blew out the circuit board. So we had to have a fund uh, fundraising drive this last fall where we had to bring, we had to purchase uh, to buy a non-electric anesthesia machine, which we are taking with us when we leave in two weeks. So, so keep, I, I want to keep sort of getting an image of what this hospital looks like. 80 beds, that's, I mean, that's a big, that's a large hospital. I mean, is this? That's small. So, 80 people <laughs> it's not OHSU <laughs> however 80 is not two beds and 80 is yeah, that's right. a number of people that can be served exactly uh, single story two story it's it's one story the, the problem with Sierra Leone is, is having a facility uh, that can handle the plastic surgery department and also with that, we need uh, to have uh, consultations, referrals from other departments too. But in Sierra Leone, there's, there's no other surgical subspecialties. So as this grows, the 80-bed facility uh, you know, may not be big enough, but that's a decade or so down the road. Uh, we have um, a OB center that was donated and built by an uh, organization out of New Jersey last year. Um, we found out that uh, another building that we had constructed where they had the lab and the physical therapy building, they had another power surge like we had with our anesthesia machine, 
and it burned down our building. It's kind of two steps forward and one steps backwards sometimes in developing countries. And and I, I also want to clarify. So uh, you keep referring to plastic surgery, and in my sort of bourgeois I attitude, I, I think of Los Angeles, and I'm thinking of, of nose jobs and boobs jobs. This is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about vanity here. We're absolutely not talking about vanity. Uh, plastic surgery in developing countries is more reconstructive surgery, and I try to use a, the, those terms when I can. And we're doing a lot of cleft lips and palates. We're doing a lot of burn care because people cook over open fires. They burn their fields. We also see a lot of tropical ulcers, which uh, my first couple trips here blew me away. We'd see healthy 22 or 23-year-olds with these big, huge, gaping wounds on their legs. Sometimes these are 8 or 10 inches long. In this country, you would never see that. But uh, we do a lot of skin grafts because of um, they have a lot of tropical bugs that they get a wound. And then the rainy season there, the wound never dries, and they're walking flip-flops and non-paved roads, so it gets infected. And and so Surgeon Restore then has trained currently two anesthesiologists. Surgeon's Restore has one anesthesiologist training. We are uh, doing interviews when we return to Sierra Leone in a couple weeks to find a second anesthesiologist. We did that last year. We had four candidates. Uh, none of them sat for the West African uh, exams, which they have to pass in order to start training in Ghana. So we're starting over again. And it looks like we have a lot of candidates again this year. Hopefully uh, we can find one or two that can pass this exam so we can uh, get their training started in, in Accra, Ghana, uh, sometime late summer, early fall. Um, I, I want to talk just maybe some about how do you find the candidates uh, what 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 are the qualities you're looking for in those people? Fortunately, I've gotten to know the Sierra Leone community here in Portland, which has been a big help. My first three or five years in Sierra Leone, we, we had no contacts there. It took us several years to get a, even a meeting with the Ministry of Health, and the first meeting we had, no one showed up, so we were able to, to engage in that in the next year. Um, and the word got around uh, a little bit, uh, in Sierra Leone, and that's how we were able to find the two surgical candidates. But that the Sierra Leone community here now in Portland has become uh, very, very helpful, and they put us in contact with the leaders in the in the medical community in Sierra Leone. And it looks like we're going to have a uh, probably four to eight people we're going to interview uh, in in a couple of weeks when we're there. And and I, w- I would assume that one of the challenges is is you have to find. Uh, this is also indicative of the educational system of Sierra Leone is what opportunities have individuals had to have proper schooling to bring them to this point. Correct. It's been a challenge. When I first went there in 2008, Sierra Leone was just on the, on the, on the end of that blood diamond war, and they were graduating about 20 medical students a year. Now, you have to understand that during the war, school shut down for years. And even during the Ebola crisis a couple of years ago, the town, the schools in Freetown shut down for about six or eight months. So we have to have doctors who have finished medical school to be able to qualify for this position. And it looks like now they're graduating about 28 students a year. So it, it's getting better. That's 28 throughout the whole country. Throughout the whole country, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, so they just started a surgical training program, which is the first training program for people to attend after medical school. Prior to that, you had to leave the country to train. And obviously, with, with the economic and well, the political situation being so unstable, if you went to another country to train, you know, would you come back to your country? Uh, and, and they lost a lot of doctors that way. So it's getting better there now. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that takes a that takes a certain uh, uh, fortitude um, and and patriotism and loyalty uh, to want to come back. And when you have an opportunity to maybe work in London and. Uh, to to have a more stable life, exactly. And we're, we're very very proud and very very um, um, pleased that our, our anesthesia candidate, uh, we think we think he's going to be a leader in the community. We're ready to send him to India for his first year of training, and then the Ebola crisis broke out. And for him, rather than leaving Sierra Leone to go to India and possibly taking his family, he he got in contact with and he said, you know. I'm a leader in this community. I need to stay in my village. I need to. I need to help my people through the Ebola crisis. We had to delay his training for a year. Um, we think that's very positive, and we think that he's going to come back from Ghana to Sierra Leone and and, and really help the country move forward with medical care. Oh, that that sounds more than positive. That sounds incredibly admirable. I mean, sorry, it's, it's, exactly yeah, right. It's a, it's a type of superhero mentality going on. Let's take a quick musical break and and. Um, you and uh, Robbie, you and Guy have brought in uh, some of your own music. Ojos Fejos is a band that you guys that you both perform in. Correct. And that, am I correct? Is it's it's related to Surge and Restore, and it it helps fund or it brings attention to, or there's a connection here somehow. All of that. There's a, there's a couple connections there. One, you know, we're trying to to break down walls and uh, erase borders, and all the songs that we compose, we play only original music. They have either traditional Latin or an African rhythm played behind them. And probably two-thirds of our song are about social justice and human rights in Latin America, but mostly in, in, in Africa along with that. How about you pick a song and let us know a little bit about it? Well, let's uh, take the first song called De Monkey Waka, and, and I chose that song because that's written in Sierra Leone Creole. And the uh, monkey waka means the monkey walks away, and it has to do with uh, Sierra Leone and the reconstruction after the Civil War. It's a and saying it's, there. It's a saying there, yeah. The, the chorus says, the baboon vex, which the monkey waka, which means the baboon gets mad, the monkey walks away. And it's written, uh, played behind an African high life rhythm. Let's take a listen. Die Babel, die Monkey Wanker, die 
This is the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I am talking with Surge and Restore. Now, Guy, you have a number of pieces of paper that are are sitting in front of you. Can you tell me what's going on? Yeah, I have a lot of information here about Sierra Leone and about what we're trying to do there. Um, The fact that we're trying to set up this um, modern training of the Sierra Leonean anesthesiologist, the first ones in the country, and the make sure that the reconstructive plastic surgery center and burn center that we're setting up becomes self-sustainable. Um, our program is it's actually a branch of um, Research Africa, which was a similar organization that continues to exist today that was able to successfully set up a plastic reconstructive surgery center in Accra, Ghana. Um, so that actually went really well. and. Surgeon Restore is kind of the branch that's trying to recreate that in Sierra Leone. So luckily we have some models that have been successful that we can try to follow. And you're a board member. I am. And you're a singer in the band. I am. (laughs) Um, How did you get involved? Which one of those came first? The singing. (laughs) (laughs) And and you you were a singer before that or, I mean... Yeah, uh, I guess actually I've always I've always been a singer. Um, I so I I lived in Chile for a few years where I met my husband. Living um, we lived as musicians. Um, that's the only income we had was as musicians there in Valparaíso, Chile. And then when we moved to the United States, uh, we kind of well we moved to San Diego, which is where I'm from, to help my mom out with some things. But we got bored pretty quickly, <laughs> and as soon as we were able to wrap things up there, we moved up to Portland for music. And that's where I met Robbie, um, who has his band, um, Ojos Feos, and I really liked the music and the messages. So um, I've helped write a couple of the songs and sing on some of the songs. And then, and then how did that pull you into Surge and Restore? So uh, Robbie would talk to me about it once in a while. And I do have a social justice background. Um, I've worked for the National Network for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. I lived. I went to Katrina or to New Orleans after Katrina and to help in the Lower Ninth Ward, which was totally devastated and never at all on the news or anything. Um, and uh, and then when I was in Chile, I also helped with some social movements down there. I've always been very involved in that kind of thing um, wherever I've been. And actually, I'm studying international studies. I'm going to graduate this spring at PSU. Um, so it's definitely in my range of interests. Um, I, I would like to, in terms of work, um, work with immigrants and refugees, and I'm also really interested in different cultures. Uh, and Africa is really interesting to me because I've never been. So I know a lot about South America um, because my family's Chilean, but I don't really have as much um, understanding of the culture in Africa, which is one reason that I actually got involved to learn more and to offer the support where, where I can. And I, and I, I see there's, there's must be some tension between wanting to work with uh, Sierra Leone and the community here in Portland, but then also wanting to make sure that there aren't reasons for people to leave Sierra Leone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's correct. You know, <clears throat> as, as happens in a lot of countries, they have a, so to speak, a brain drain when there's a crisis. And um, the... Uh, one of, the, one of the goals is, is if you don't have an education healthcare system that many people, given a different opportunity, will leave. And then if they go to another country, they'll try to bring their family members there too. You have to have a special commitment to your country to try and take what you have here to give back 
to make your country a better place. And um, fortunately, we've met some some people in the Sierra Leone community here that are very, very dedicated to doing that, and they've started their own nonprofits back in Sierra Leone. And um, after several years, it, it took took me a while to meet the uh, the right people, but that has really engaged us, and hopefully that's going to help move us forward. And, and I want to... I want to add something about Gaia. This, what she's looking at here, we presented an abstract poster uh, at the Oregon Public Health Association meeting last fall at the American Society of Anesthesia meeting. And so she's reading uh, the abstract, and her, her background is in media, and she, she presented this beautiful, beautiful poster with all these pictures. And she'll be making a documentary on our trip in a couple of weeks. She's, she's has expertise in film and photographs. Which is why I'm going to go next month, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was going, uh, as you talk about uh, the project and the support and the training, it seems like both an opportunity for a documentary, but it also, it seems like I, I could see this as a, as a movie. Uh, uh, and, we, and we talked about it. Who, who do you want to star as you? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was a kid, uh, I wouldn't have him star as me, but when I was a kid, people used to tell me I looked like Bobby Brady because I had curly hair. <laughs> <laughs> But not Bobby Brady. Uh, you know, I, I really like uh, he, the, you know the human rights aspect. I think George Clooney's done a, a lot of really good stuff <laughs> with, with, with with human rights and and, and uh, social justice. There Abs- you go. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And and then um, because this is the nonprofit Happy Hour, and we talk about the the workings of the actual nonprofit. How how are you guys funded? Is this through grants? Is this through personal donations? How do you find funding to support these projects? All of the above. Yeah, so far it's been mostly personal donations and also donations from um, companies or organizations that have something to do with medicine, um, so have some interest in this kind of work. Uh, We have a fundraiser coming up on March 10th where um, the documentary that I put together will be shown. Uh, Ojos Feos is going to play, and um, there'll be Sierra Leonean food and all sorts of entertaining things, um, silent auction and whatnot, and so we're hoping to make some funds there. Um, and also just advertising in the pamphlet at the fundraiser and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's really the money's coming from um, all, all parts of Portland. <laughs> I have been to one of uh, the Surgeon Restore's fundraisers before. They are, they are fun. Uh, they're informative. I encourage people to check it out March 10th. Thank you both for coming in, and we'll go out on another one of Ojos Fejos songs. Um, Gaia, you want to choose it? Um, how about Somalia? How about it? Thanks a lot, Phil. Thanks for having us. Special thanks to Porcano, Taqueria, Winderlea Vineyard and Winery, and Stormbreaker Brewing for supplying the meal for our last dinner with the local filmmaker. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. 
The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our producer and editor is me, Rachel Miller-Howard. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.